Hello and welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Jesus, Lord, we just praise you and thank you that we can come into your house and be fed the bread of life. Father God, remove any distractions from us now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, teach my teaching further than my words now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hello, church family. I am not Pastor Jason. You don't have him today. <laughs> you get me. <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> Today I'm going to teach on, the topic I'm teaching on is refusing to fear. Fear is not in God's written book for you. He is not the author of fear. Jesus has a powerful plan for your life, and that doesn't include fear. Fear is not in his storyline for you. Jesus has come to set you free from every bondage, anything that has enslaved you in your life, and you know, the enemy will try his best to come at you, but guess what? You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So today we are going to refuse fear, we're going to stand firm, and we are going to see the salvation of our God. We're going to draw a battle line. You know what happens when you draw a battle line? You say, fear, you are not going to control me anymore. When you draw a battle line, you say, don't you dare come near me. And that's what we're going to do today. As we refuse to fear, we're going to draw a battle line with fear. And I believe that there are people that are going to be set free from fear. You've had fear plague you all your life. You go from one fear to the next fear, and maybe you have carried a fear throughout your life. Maybe it's a generational thing. Fear what my grandfather feared, my grandmother feared, and now I have this overwhelming fear. You know, that can happen. But you can be set free today, and fear does not have to control you anymore. And we're going to start by drawing that battle line. Fear's only power is when it controls you. That's the only power that fear has. When it dictates how you live, how you react, how you make decisions, when it steals your peace, and when it steals your joy. That's, that's the only power that fear ultimately has. Joyce Meyer says it this way. She says, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I like that. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. It's a false reality. It's a belief that something bad will happen. A belief so strong that it can change your heart rate, it can change your breathing, your emotions, and it causes you to make crazy decisions. Have you ever had that happen? Fear comes, and I would have never made that choice, but because in fear, I did. And the, thing, the great thing about the Word of God that we can see from our, from our, you know, the faith, the powerful faith people in our Word, is that they dealt with fear. And they had fear, but they overcame the fear. Think about David. David was running for his life. He was running from King Saul. And everywhere he went, you can even read in the Psalms that when I feared, I trust in you. He was always going back to trusting, but he always was facing fear. Well, I came across a story where he, he came upon this king, King Ashish. And he found out that King Ashish knew he was there. And you know what his reaction was? He acted like a madman. He acted like a crazy person so that that king would not know that it was him. Fear. Fear makes you do some weird stuff. <laughs> I 
about Isaac. Isaac, and, and he's with his wife, and they come upon some men that he thought was going to kill them. And so he said, well, that's not my wife. That's my sister. <laughs> Fear makes you do crazy things. Think about Adam in the Garden of Eden. When he had eaten the apple, God came to find him, and he said, where are you? And he said, I was afraid. I hid because I was naked. And I find that very funny because he's been naked for a long time. <laughs> right? Fear makes you do crazy things. And so we have to refuse fear. We have to get fear out of our life because we don't want to make crazy decisions. We don't want to be ruled by fear. And you can be free of fear and live in peace in your life. So we're going to jump into the story today about King Jehoshaphat. In Chronicles 2 and, I mean, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's a great story that we can jump in here today. And I find it so relatable to you and to I. I know he's a king, but we can relate to this story. And so it starts off, it says, Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you. And here's the thing. We all have reports that come to us every day. The moment you wake up, you have a report. Are you going to live in fear, or are you going to live in faith? Every day, there's, there's reports, millions and trillions of reports that come to you. If you have children, you have a lot of reports. If you have a husband, you got a lot of reports. <laughs> if you are a child of God, and you're trying your best to make your life, your destiny, you're walking out, you've got a lot of reports coming at you. And you've got to make a decision, am I going to live in fear? Or am I going to live in faith? Well, here's the report that came to Jehoshaphat. A great multitude was coming against him. And to be quite honest with you, it was a very hopeless situation. They were a very, very small tribe. And there were three great armies that were coming against them. They were coming to kill them, to take them over. And he was in a very hopeless situation. But what sets Jehoshaphat apart from in this story is what he did. It says in 2 Chronicles 20, in verse 3, that Josephat was afraid. And I find that very comforting. I find it very comforting to know that he was afraid, that he had a moment of panic. But it is what he did after he panicked that sets him apart. It says, Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. He turned himself from that fear. He drew a battle line and said, I refuse to fear. And now what did he do? Here comes the fear. And he turned and he sought the Lord. He's like, I'm going to seek the Lord in this moment. He turned his, from his fear to his faith. I'm going to draw my faith. I'm going to draw my strength from Father God in this moment. I heard a very powerful testimony about 10 years ago, Kelly Copeland came here, and she taught at a women's conference. And this testimony completely changed my life because of how she reacted to a fear that came to her. And so I'm going to tell you the story. She said that when her daughter, Lindsay, one day got very, very ill to the point where um, they took her to the hospital. And when they took her to the hospital, they started doing all the tests and stuff on her. And the doctor came and brought a report. Okay, here's the report. And the report was that she had meningitis. She had spinal meningitis. 
And in her testimony, what she says is that she felt just a heaviness just come upon her. It was like she was in a, we can put ourselves in her situation, correct? How that would feel in that moment, the fear that wanted to just come upon her. In fact, she said she just felt like it was a clamp around her. And, she, and so the doctor gave the report, and she walked out into the hallway. And in that moment, her sister came in. And her sister saw her, and she said, Kelly, what is going on? Tell me what the doctor said. And she said this, I refuse to fear. And she said the moment that she said that, it broke off of her. That power, that, that heaviness broke off of her. And out of her flip flowed all the word that was in her. My child will live and not die. My child is covered in the blood of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, she is healed. And you know, within 12 hours, she was completely healed of spinal meningitis. What did she do in that moment? She drew a battle line. She drew a battle line. You will not... She took the blood of Jesus and she just drew a battle line. I want, us to do, I want us to do that right now. I want you to stand up with me right now. Because fear is gonna leave this place. Fear is gonna leave your life. Fear is not gonna control you anymore. So let's just draw a battle line right now in the name of Jesus. And we refuse, we draw the blood of Jesus. Fear, you will not control us anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. Dave, you can be seated. Jehoshaphat, he was afraid, but he turned his attention to seek the Lord. He called a nationwide fast. What happens when we seek the Lord? This is what happens. You find your peace. When you seek the Lord, you find your strength. You find your courage. You find, you find wisdom. When you seek the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit begins to show you things. Oh, you, you, you come into a revelation of different things in your life. You remember, oh, that's right. A couple weeks ago, I was reading a devotional, or a couple months ago, I was at church, and someone said this scripture, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you the things that you need to stand on, a scripture, maybe a way that you need. He, he begins to deposit within you wisdom. He starts to give you a strategy. See, when we, when we turn, when we refuse the fear and we seek the Lord, we step into the supernatural in our life. You are a spirit being, being. And when you turn, when you do not face that fear, when you refuse it and you turn to seek the Lord, you step into the supernatural in your life. That is where God moves and you, you start coming up with things and the Holy Spirit just starts showing you things that you never even would have thought of with your natural mind. That's because you're not in the natural. You have stepped into the supernatural in your life. It only happens when you refuse the fear and you turn to seek the Lord. It was um, Elisha was with his servant and and. and uh, Strong force was coming against them. And the prophet said to him, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then this is what the prophet said, Lord, that you would open his eyes so that he could see. And so the Lord opened his eyes, and this is what he saw. 
He looked and he saw hills filled with horses and chariots of fire. See, that's what happens when you seek the Lord. He opens your mind to the supernatural and the power that you have with Christ Jesus. Amen? This is what God says. He builds you up in your faith. Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When we turn and we seek our God, we find his strength. We find his help. We find his provision. That's what happens when we seek the Lord. Last year, um, a year ago, Jason and I um, celebrated our 25th anniversary. And so we decided, yeah, thank you. (laughs) And so we decided to take a trip and we went to Canada. I'd always wanted to go to Canada and um, visited Vancouver and then made a drive up to Whistler, Canada. Now Whistler um, is a beautiful mountain range. It's where they had the 2010 uh, Winter Olympics. Um, It's just gorgeous. But during the summer, there's a lot of summer activities going on. So there's motocross there, and there's zip lining, and there's hikes. Well, I wanted to do zip lining. And I had been saying it all the way up to us leaving for this trip. Well, I probably should have been involved in picking out the zip line that we're going to do because Jason decided to take me on the longest, highest, fastest zip line in North America. That's my sister-in-law, Amanda, and it's her birthday today. Say happy birthday. <laughs> he, he took, yeah, so that's what he took me on. I was like, okay. I looked it up the other day, and that, it really is that. It's the longest, highest, fastest zip line in North America. Okay, I got to give you a picture of what this looked like in my life. So we get there, they put all the gear on you, and they say, okay, get on this gondola. So we go up the gondola of the mountain. We stop there, we get off, we go on another gondola. So we're going higher and higher. Okay, we get off that one. Then we get on another gondola that goes from peak to peak. Okay, I, we're going across in midair and I'm like, I look down and I saw bears. <laughs> we get off the peak to peak, we get in a white van and they take us up further in the mountain. Now this is about the time that I'm like, oh. I don't know if I want to do this. Like the fear inside me was like, it was coming. (laughs) What did I get myself into? We hiked up a trail. We came to a platform. It just kept getting higher. I thought, is this ever going to end? (laughs) We get to the platform and the the guide says to us, I just want to let you know that at one point in this zip line, you will be as high as the Empire State Building. It felt like it. It felt like it. I was at the edge going, oh my gosh, I really really can't believe I'm going to do this. (laughs) I don't know if I am going to do this. (laughs) But I decided I'm going to do this. It's once in a lifetime. Let's just do this. And I mustered up all the courage I had. I walked down three steps. There's just nothing there. And I just let go. I had my little wire. I had the arm attached. And I just let go and went. And it was the best thing ever! <laughs> now this zip line, this video that they're showing you, that's actually after we did this large, the largest one you could do, um, we decided we wanted to do some more zip lining. So this is actually a weenie one, you know. 
And so I don't know if you know. You can do, you can do tricks on the smaller ones, just saying. <laughs> but once you conquer the big fears, isn't this so true though? Once you conquer the big fears in your life, once I conquered that, man, I went on this small one. And I, she's like, why don't you do a flip? I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know? Because you conquered that huge fear. Jesus was with his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And this story always gets to me. He, was, he went up on a mountain, and that's where he transfigured. And, and when God spoke, the disciples were terrified. It says, when the disciples heard God spoke, okay, because God had said, this is my son, who I, I love him, I am well pleased, listen to him. When God spoke, the disciples heard this, and they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But I love what Jesus does here. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one but Jesus. You know, I believe that that's what Jesus is doing here today. He's touching you. Don't be afraid. He touches you. And when you look up, all you see is Jesus. It's exactly who you need to be looking at. It's exactly who you need to have your eyes fixed on. What does it say in Hebrews 12? Let us run with endurance, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is not the author of your troubles. He is not the author of your fear. He is the author of your faith. He is not the author of your stress. He's not the author of your anxiety, your depression, your doubt. He is the author of moving mountains. He is the author of your faith, of your victory, of your success. That's what he's the author of. Don't allow the enemy to convince you otherwise. He is the author of your faith. He is not the author of your troubles. I've come to learn and realize something about my car. My car beeps at me all the time. It's a very, very, and it's, it's abnormal. It's abnormal how much my car beeps. I've tr I tried to turn off all the, all the buttons and stuff to, to make it stop beeping at me, which is probably not safe because I'm not a good backer outer. <laughs> Just gonna say, I even have a backup camera. And I hit things, so don't go behind me. <laughs> it's so true. He knows. He's paid for it. <laughs> He's paid for the many accidents. Um, but my car is highly sensitive. It's highly sensitive. And so, okay, so if I'm not wearing my seatbelt, it's beep, beep, beep. Okay, that's a, that's a good warning. Put your seatbelt on, Kelly. Um, if, if Logan gets out of the car slower than me and I close my door and I lock it, Sorry, Logan, not to throw you under the bus there, but it beeps. Um, I go to the, my mailbox. If I take my key out of my car because it's car keyless entry, it beeps. I took Logan to the bus stop last week. He didn't close the door all the way, and I thought my car was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> it was just beep, beep, beep. No matter how slow I drove the car, it was beeping at me. But I realized something. That beeping is warning me to be proactive, to change 
to make a change or to fix the situation, correct? And I got to thinking, you know, that's how fear or how we should be with fear in our lives. We need to be proactive in how we deal with fear. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm just concerned. Don't hide fear in your concern. Concern is a fear. It should be beep, beep, beep. Oh, why am I concerned? Why am I in fear? Get to the root of it and refuse for it. Get back into faith. Get back into trusting God. Oh, well, a little worry is not bad, Pastor Kelly. No, actually, a little worry is bad. Don't allow any worry. Oh, I'm just a little worried about my, my children. Or I, you know, a little worry can turn to a very big worry. And so if we can be proactive in knowing and seeing the signs when fear is making itself manifest, like my car, beep, 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 be proactive to say, why is that fear there? And get rid of it and refuse for it to be a part of life. No fear. No fear. We should only be in trust. If we go back to our story in 2 Chronicles, um, Jehoshaphat and all of Judah, they had come together, they had prayed, they refused the fear, they were seeking the Lord, and now this is the word that, of the Lord that came to them. He said, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Do you see what happens when we refuse the fear and we turn to seek the Lord? Do you see, God says, well, it's about time because you know what? It's not your battle anyway, it's mine. Tomorrow, woo! Tomorrow, go down against them. And then it says in verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord your God on your behalf. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go down and face them, for the Lord is with you. So there's a, second, there's a third step in this whole thing. We're going to refuse that fear. We're going to draw that battle line. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going we're to tap into his strategy, his wisdom, his courage, his strength. We, we Build ourselves up. What are we doing? Building ourselves up and our most holy faith. And then God says, okay, now it's time for you guys to see what I've done. Now let's face that fear. Let's face it. I want you to see it. I want you to see how the Lord is going to work on your behalf. I want you to see, and, and, and God gets the glory in all of it, amen? But you will see the Lord work on your behalf. Maybe you are in fear about your finances. Maybe something has come into your life and you've got a huge bill. Know that the Lord has gone before you. He is with you. You don't have to fear anything. You have to refuse that fear. Turn and seek the Lord and he will be your Stand and see the salvation of your God. Amen. Maybe you're worried about a child here today. Maybe you have a friend that you're just like, oh, if they just knew the Lord, give that don't, don't step into fear over your children. Draw that battle line and say, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Fear, don't you dare try and cross that line. Get all mama bear on them. <laughs> don't you dare. I don't know who you think you are, right? Hey, you would do it. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. I just tapped into something there. I 
don't know who you think you are. <laughs> and I, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> but don't allow fear. Fear, you're not gonna control me in this situation. Maybe you have something going on in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. You know what I've seen is family drama. Family drama seems to stress people out. Hey, don't go into fear on that. Give it to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek his love. It says perfect love casts out all fear. Draw on the love of the Lord. I feel so, this is for somebody. I can feel God moving on this. But pull on the love of the Lord. Fill yourself up with his love. And that love is going to drive out the fear in your life. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. I came across this pretty cool um, example. Um, you know, my son, Matthew, is going into the Navy. And so I found that, um, yeah. <laughs> you guys are feisty today. <laughs> I found this really cool example, I guess, in World War, War II. Um, a lot of the sailors um, didn't die from like ammunition or being shot, but they drowned. And so um, what they did after World War II, in fact, my grandfather was in World War II, and he couldn't swim. He wore a life jacket every day and slept with a life jacket every night. Um, but anyways, so after that, they, they decided, we got to teach these sailors to swim before we take them out to sea. And so I read this, that what they do is they, basically they have them go at, to the end of a diving board and jump into water. But in the water are, are trained professional swimmers that are in the water. But what's so interesting, the very first step, they don't teach them to swim, the very first step is they teach them to face the fear of water. You have to face the fear, they said, before you can learn to swim. I had to face that fear. And, and when I read it, I was like, these, these mighty, tough men, definitely afraid of just water. But once they faced that fear, they were able to learn how to swim. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, it's, it's the place where he went right before his journey to the cross and all that went down. And it was here that he went with his disciples and, and they went there to pray. And I want you to see what happened in, in this time, right before he's taken to the cross. And it says, um, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And this is where we read in another chapter or another book of the Bible that he sweat great drops of blood. And I've heard it said, I've read that people thought, think, well, his, his, his sweat was just probably looked like blood. No, I don't believe that. He, he sweat blood for us. In fact, Jesus went under, underwent what science now has labeled hematidrosis. And that's what this, this is what it is. It's a condition in which capillary blood vessels that feed the sweat glands rupture, causing them to exude blood. And it has been suggested, this is what this, find, I found it on Wikipedia. Because, <laughs> you know, the internet's always right, right? <laughs> um, 
It has been suggested that acute fear and extreme stress can cause hematidrosis. Was Jesus afraid? No. Our Jesus was not afraid. But it does say in Isaiah that he took up our sorrow and he bore our pain. Can you get a picture of that? He took up, he had to, he had to face our humanity. There's nowhere in the scripture do we see that he was in fear, that he was in sorrow, or that he was in pain. But he had to take it up because he had to defeat it for you and for me. So in the garden, it said he, he was deeply sorrowful and he sweat great drops of blood. That's because I believe that he was taking on all the fears that ever existed. He was taking on all the pain, all the sorrow, all the suffering, all the torment, not from the past, but here, today. He, has, he took it on for forever in that moment. And when he took it on in that moment, it says he took it up and he bore it upon him. Then he walked to the cross. And it was at the cross when he was there on the cross. When he was nailed to that cross, he broke the power of fear to reside in our lives. He broke it. And so today you just have to receive that. You have to receive that that is what Jesus has done for you. Fear is a curse that Jesus overcame. He broke the power of fear. And when you see that cross, when you're going through fear in your life, when that fear, when that terror tries to get you, I want you to get a picture of the cross. And I want you to see fear attached to that cross because that is where, that's its place. That's where that fear goes. It doesn't go in me, it goes on that cross. Amen? I want you to be free of fear today. I want to declare freedom over you today. If you could just stand up right now with me, let's just declare freedom to be gone from your life right now by the power of the name of Jesus. I want you to say this with me right now. Fear, fear. I refuse you. I refuse, I refuse to be afraid. Okay, so right now what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn and we're gonna seek Jesus. Lord, I just praise you and thank you right now in the name of Jesus that we are seeking you and those who seek you, they find you. They find you, their peace, they find their joy, they find their overcoming power now in the power of the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you right now that you bore our sorrow, that you took up fear and that it is at the cross and that you overcame it for, you broke the power of fear in our lives. And Lord, I declare now that they will be set free, set free from generational fear off of you now in the power of the name of Jesus. Fear will not rule your life, but you will rule fear in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we're going to continue this conversation on our daily Bible study. You can go to YouTube and type in daily Bible study. We're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. And we're going to continue this conversation. We do a morning scripture. We pray every day. It's maybe 10, 12, 15 minutes long. Yeah. Subscribe to it. You're going to love it. 
We got our Married for Life book out there. You know, me and Holly found out that, you know, what destroys relationships? Fights. And you know what? There's a way to get in and out of arguments in less than five minutes and get rid of 98% of all the fights that are going on out there. So, you know, imagine if you got rid of all those fights. Well, how do I do that? How do we get rid of the dumb fights and then be able to get in and out of fights in five minutes? And if you enjoy my stories, every chapter has some of me and Holly's dumbest fights. We fought <laughs> over potato salad, flip-flops. I love it. You name it, we have. And so you can get this on Amazon. Just type in Married uh, for Life and Scott Anderson. You see all the books that I have. We want to spend a moment, and if you're watching this and you're not saved, and you don't know where your eternity is going to end up, it's so simple. You know, it's not about rules, it's not about religion, it's not about following a set. It's all about believing. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. Simple, easy. Say this prayer after me. Believe in your heart and you have it. Everybody say, Dear Father, I ask you right now, come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead. I believe that Jesus is a Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You're saved. Amen. Well, if you want, we would love to have you partner with us in what we're doing. You know, this word that Pastor Scott's preaching, it's going all over the globe, the daily Bible study as well. And you can be part of what we're doing around the world. So I just encourage you, visit wakeuptv.tv. You can donate right there and join the team of believers that are making a difference. And if you don't have a church home, find one. It's so important to a great life that you are planted in the house of the Lord. Remember that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. See you next time.